I just want to make sure everyone knows I am happy today, even though I feel <laughs> like I came across. You came in hot. Pretty mad. Um, I'm not. You came in good. hot against all the climate activists. Yes. Yeah, I did. I, I love I you. And it's I, really nice out today. Too. It's a beautiful it's like, day. That's yeah. why it's hard to believe um, <laughs> that the climate is doomed. I, I honestly am. I'm having a great day. I really am. God's in control. Great yeah. meetings. God's in control. God is sovereign. Uh, yes, He's seated on the throne. I'm a happy guy. I'll be honest with you. I just want to. <laughs> preface that or post preface that it's good i don't yeah. know if people listen to this moment i was gonna yeah, say hope, i'll take I this hope. and put this in the cold <laughs> opening so that it prefaces the the, the podcast of like adam oh is, he's happy in adam this is one. happy <laughs> I feel like there's so much, there's so much. Oh, man. going on. And uh, I find that between uh, podcast episodes, yeah. I just feel like I jam so many things into your feeds just to it's kind great. of, hey, hey, here's an idea. Look yeah. at this. Get mm. See what gets you guys triggered. You guys don't ever get triggered though. I feel like I'm the one who gets triggered out well, of all of what, us. What's triggered you recently? So much is triggering me. I mean I just get triggered about like uh, – so, so one thing that triggered me today – is uh, this is going to be highly unpopular. It's probably not even for the podcast, to be honest okay. with you. Um, it's probably well out of our wheelhouse of innovation and faith. But the the constant climate narrative has got me oh, triggered. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, because they had this uh, – I live in a drought-affected area, yep. okay, and so anytime it's convenient uh, for the government to tell us that, you know, climate change, so we need to cut off all your irrigation water – um, and, you know, last year, this time last year, the yeah. reservoirs were pretty empty. Right. And uh, I remember all these narratives, these news narratives saying that they will never, ever reach capacity again. Well, yeah. guess what? We're a year later and we have actually overflowed the capacity. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, it's really interesting. And I just posed the question is, and I, po- I posted the two pictures, is this climate change or could this possibly be 100-year cycles of weather that we know nothing of simply because we haven't been collecting data long enough? What do people say? Yeah, what was the response? I'm going to look at it right oh, now. Oh, I mean, really what it is is most people saying, I fully agree, but the problem is you, you can't monetize uh, weather cycles. There you go. <laughs> you can't put an agenda behind a weather cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's uh, obviously climate change is able to be monetized. It's a huge min- industry. Massive industry, right? There's a huge industry. Actually, there are private equity firms and hedge funds that have helped fund this industry. They've created criteria to where, uh, for example, ESG um, is monetized, right. right? So you get certain credits, you get certain funding yeah. um, for being able to uh, adhere to this ESG structure that somebody in a hedge fund or a private equity firm essentially partnered to create. They partnered to create, which obviously (laughs) makes dry powder for any innovator that goes, hey, I I could actually get some funding here to start a company. Hmm. Do you think those founders have a core conviction around uh, preventing climate change because they have actually believed the narrative or are they just, uh, is it a money grab opportunity to go, I could build a company off this? I've met a... uh, a good amount of people um, in this space. I'd say it's about half and half. 
Okay. I definitely think that I've met a good amount of people that are truly just opportunistic because there is specific funding for this. Right. Yeah. Um, and they have a specific skill set that can match that criteria that people are looking for. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I've had long form conversations genuinely with people that really are for the cause, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I've, 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 I've met a mix. Right. W- would you be willing to say what you said in the staff meeting today that you can't be a activist? Now you have to say it. Um, Are you willing? Or you can just ask me to cut it out. (laughs) Um, I can't remember what I said. said, What did I say? You you said, do you remember? It was something about being um, a believer and being an activist. Like you can't be both. Oh, no, that's right. In the space of of climate change. Right. I said, I can't see how it's possible (laughs) to be a climate change activist and be a Christian. Only from the perspective that (laughs) you don't believe God's in control. Mm. Yeah. You don't believe then that God who formed the earth and formed the patterns of of seasons and dry seasons and desert seasons. I know this from Australia, right? Like that a forest fire or what we call a bushfire is actually essential to regeneration. There is a essential element to what looks like a devastating situation uh, that would climate activists would say, whoa, man, look at all these forest fires we're having. It's because of climate change. Well, it's actually a natural part of, of, uh, of regeneration in forests, in Australia specifically, to see uh, new growth and all those kinds of things, right? But is that part of the weather patterns and the cycles and the systems, whether it be 100-year, 500-year, 1,000-year cycles that we know nothing about because we haven't been tracking weather data that long? Um, Or uh, is God out of control and it's all on us that because we're using, you know, gas cooktops and stuff like that, that now we are causing a devastation to the planet. Or, and and ultimately also because I'm just, I'm for humans. Right. I'm for humans. Yeah. I'm for, let's, let's preserve humanity. Let's deal with humanity. Let's care for our environment. I'm totally down to care for the environment. I think we have a duty of care. I think we're meant to, like the original plan in the garden, tend the garden. Yep. I think we're meant to resource things well. But I don't think I think that gets to a a fear state where it's used as an agenda mm-hmm. to actually cause fear for financial gain. Sure, that there is going to be no air for your kids, so therefore give money, and then we can, of course. you know. And so I think that there is a corrupt agenda. I'm not saying that there is no change in climates. Okay, I'm not saying that what we do doesn't affect the climate. I think we're meant to care for it, and we're meant to actually create. Uh, I would say things that actually think through the impact that we have on the environment. However, it's gone so far that it's actually become a clear agenda um, that breed fear, breed fear and actually has no effect where all that money that we could be pumping into so-called climate change initiatives could be actually pumped into humanity. Sure. Mm. Do you think Elon is a climate activist? Um, I don't know if Elon's a climate activist. Mm. I wouldn't have I, – I know he's definitely thinks of sustainability. Yep. I think he definitely has a lower impact on the environment approach and that's probably why he went down the electric model. Yep. However, when we break that down, we also see that in fair effect, the amount of cost that it takes to make electric cars, it's almost like a net neutral yeah. output between, you know, oil burning or, you know, uh, solar cell developing process. So really it's – a lot of virtue signaling at the end of the day. That's definitely true. Yeah. I've seen that be really prevalent just with uh, things related to ESG. Um, 
and there will always be genuine people in it, but I've met a lot of people virtue signaling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when it comes yeah. down to, hey, can we care for the planet? Uh, like, can we care for, you know, the, the oceans and, you know, the, the wildlife and all that kind of stuff? Absolutely. Like, that's, that's just being a caretaker. Um, and being mindful. Like, you know, we just saw that uh, we're talking about 4th of July. You're up in Tahoe, Lake Mm -hmm. Tahoe, 4th of July. And I saw the reports from all the trash that was left on the river, on the edge of the lake, you know, three tons of trash. And it's like, I mean, those same people that probably just left all that trash are probably on their social media saying, man, climate change, climate change, (laughs) you know, that kind of stuff. But yet you're going to leave your trash around. Uh, You know, I just think it's hypocritical. I think it's virtue signaling. I think what we need is we need a sober perspective of what actually is climate change, yeah. what's a weather cycle, so that we can redistribute funds towards helping humanity, um, not just fattening the pockets of politicians who push an agenda of climate change. And CEOs, and CEOs yeah. that are getting the credit and the funding. I think CEOs get the credit and the funding, but I think there's a lot of, even the hedge funds and that, they do it for virtue signaling. Yep. It's like, oh, look what we're doing for the climate. They're just you know kind of taking off the top of their fund. And man, we started heavy. I don't know how I, I got say, there. I'm so sorry. Yeah, Let me back well, you up. I, I, no, no, I, I think, feel like I was pulled into that. <laughs> no, I think, no, it's good. I, I think there's a, a thread there though, where at the end of the day, when you're thinking about fundraising at whatever stage, actually, it could be the earliest stages. And obviously if you're talking about private equity hedge funds at the latest stages, right. uh, what, it, what it comes down to is storytelling. Mm, true (laughs) right data matters uh people are going to be analyzing spreadsheets but as as much as they're analyzing spreadsheets they're moved by story and so you do have to understand what is your narrative what is your story um you don't need to fabricate it it needs to be authentic that's when it's powerful correct uh but you have to think about how you tell that i've met several founders that they actually are high performant operators and they actually have really great traction and metrics but they don't know how to tell a story Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think right at, at the core of it, my issue is with integrity. Yeah. That's my issue. My issue yeah. is with integrity, that mm. there seems to be a, an extreme lack of integrity to be able to find a an agenda or a narrative that will cause fear in masses of people. But at the heart of it, you know that you're not integrous with the data, you're not integrous with the narrative, uh, but it's beneficial financially. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm a proponent of truth. I love truth. We have to love truth. We got to pursue truth. Yes. How, I, want, I want to live in a true world. Yeah, how are you, both of you, in the situations when you're sitting with a founder or an individual that you're going to work with, how are you able to identify that? Because we're talking about virtual signaling, virtue signaling. Last week, we talked about mind viruses. And, you know, we've been talking about, <laughs> it was very tinfoily. We've been talking about discernment, the difference between that and then balancing that with being too critical. So how are you able to manage those conversations or those moments? Are you able to identify if it's just virtual signaling with somebody? Are you able to identify integrity? I'll be honest with you. Right I, think, off the bat? I think in that whole narrative is getting more difficult. Yeah. It's definitely a hot thing right now okay. where we're seeing a lot of um, news, a lot of uh, companies that are going through it where investments were made but the founder has not been integrous. Yeah. That the founder has actually mismanaged funds, has fabricated uh, data. data, users, all that kind of stuff. And now we've got a lot of lawsuits. We've got a lot of legal um, complications that People are People going to jail. That's right. That's right. People are actually going to jail 
Um, I don't know where in the founder they thought that they would get away with that, but obviously the founder had to have enough um, charisma and belief to get the investment. Yeah. Um, but what we're realizing now is there was a lack of integrity. How do you find out that integrity from the start? I think it's getting it's quite difficult. What I'm learning, I, I'm, I don't know if I have a direct conclusion yet, is there's no substitute for time. Mm. And I feel like mm. a big proponent of why we're now unveiling a lot of uh, unintegrous founders that was able to capitalize their businesses with large sums of money is because there was a season for like three to four years where time was compressed. Right. Everybody had to do diligence in like one day, mm. you know, uh, before deploying millions and millions of dollars. Um, you're doing quick reference checks. You have no history with the founder. You haven't done life with the founder. You're not really in community with the founder. So you're very limited and you're, you're making gut reactions. And so we're just human beings, right? right. And so um, even the, the best of discernments, I don't think can substitute time. And what I'm even learning in my own life is that uh, it's also not linear. There are moments and there are certain variables that can be introduced like pressure, yeah, uh, there could be variables that could be introduced, like temptation that can change a founder. That can change a founder right. um, in yeah. a short or maybe a progressive amount of time. And so, uh, part part of what you know, I'm learning. I love to hear your take, Pastor Adam. Is you know, um, w- underwriting integrity. Actually, you can take a period of time and you can actually put little Easter eggs or tests. Sure. <laughs> yeah. You know, and see how people deal with conversations see how people respond and react to certain situations. And and those uh, increase your conviction, I think, in a founder, but I don't think it's ever going to be perfect. I don't think it's going to be perfect because, as you said, you could have at the purity of the origin story and the idea, even the motivation for why they want to build this company. And I think sometimes the level that we invest in is very early stage, right? Oh, yeah. And so, (laughs) you know, you haven't even got much of a product that's there, but you have got a – very passionate, very driven, um, convicting story and chemistry. We're looking at a bunch of different elements. Um, and and so, you know, but yet they don't have the pressure mm-hmm. on them. There you go. Sometimes it's the funding that brings the pressure. Mm. There you go. So what does the future look like of funding? Maybe the funding looks like it's released in tranches, you know, where it's not like um, there's going to be, hey, we're going to commit this much, but we're going to manage it with you along the way. Good. Um, there's probably going to be some more safeguarding that's going to come into uh, investments, probably unfortunately for founders because, you know, to be able to actually have that capital all up front is way easier to then be able to manage it and deploy it. Uh, but it's going to create transparency. Yep. And I think what we probably find in that is we actually would find uh, right now what probably changes a, um, a founder is the pressure to perform and unlock more funding when they're actually not performing. Right. Uh, Got it. Is it related to, I mean, I just, we talk about innovation so much and is, is that in itself a pressure, just the pressure to be the one innovating? I think it's a pressure to look successful. Yeah. Mm. But the art of innovation isn't always being successful. So innovation isn't always success immediately. There is, I think founders need to have this understanding that most investors aren't looking for just a success story. Yeah. Yeah, they're, overnight success. They're not looking for that. They're looking for are you iterating 
and are you innovating and are mm. you trying stuff and are you becoming an expert? Yeah. And sometimes being an expert is realising a path not to go down, you mm-hmm. know, that there is a – it's a show and tell. It's like what we've learned mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, where we could be doing better. Yeah. And it's that actually what gives the investor more confidence. More confidence. Rather than just going, oh, well, everything you do turns to gold. Now I'm worried. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. You talked about it actually this past Sunday where um, it's not suddenly, right? Not suddenly. <laughs> God actually works slowly. Yeah. It's not always instantly. It's a theme that we've been on, I think, lately. Mm. Yeah. Like this idea of grow slow, that sometimes you want stability yeah. is way more attractive than um, just sudden overnight success. Yeah. And stability takes time. Yeah. Stability requires strength. So, you know, I think in in the area of innovation, um, probably – you know, there needs to be, uh, if we're talking to founders right now through these microphones, I would really encourage founders to not just paint a story of success, but to build a story of stability. Mm. That is more fundable in my mind um, because, you know, success is hollow a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. Oh, Um, yeah. You know, you can have short-term success. You can have immediate success. We've seen even very successful companies fail because they didn't have stability. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I want is, you know, stability actually gives you the, the ability uh, to be agile. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, because I can pivot and I've still got some backing and I've mm-hmm. still got some, you know, strength and a foundation that I can pivot off. Yeah. Um, you know, so without stability, a market change, an industry change, you crumble. Uh, and now look, I mean, I- integrity is cool. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> not having integrity is so not cool. Yeah. That, that is that is uh, something that will lead you to a place of burning bridges. Yes. That'll lead you to a place of, um, you know, a not so great reputation. And in places like the Silicon Valley, it's so interesting. It actually becomes a pretty small world when Very you small. make some key connections. Yep. And your reputation is everything. Oh. I'm telling you, when 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 something's on your record, yeah. right? Um, and obviously there's redemption. We believe in grace if we're talking about the church. But when we're talking in business, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, um, integrity is cool. Integrity will take you far. Um, integrity will stand the test of time. Uh, but as soon as you start um, going down the path of maybe being tempted by things like greed or being tempted by wanting that short-term success yep. or yeah. that perception of success, um, when that marks you, that's hard to overcome. Could you take some time to like define what integrity and greed look like? Just to clarify. Oh, yeah. I, think that the, I can that talk in, about real examples. In this conversation, there'll be people listening to this and maybe they're just not – I mean – if you're performance driven, you might not always know that you're driven by greed, you know, or that, that there's a potential for that. And maybe that's not related, but maybe you could just speak into what those two things are. Yeah, there's several examples. I mean, I've seen, um, you know, being in this startup world now for several years, like let your agreement be your agreement. <laughs> yes. Right. And if you want to uh, modify an agreement, you you have to actually come at it from a really... Um, humble place, right? Because if you are wanting to modify the agreement that you agreed to, yeah. that's already like, hey, I thought we agreed on something. Right. You know what I mean? That could be a, a customer contract. That could be a partnership. Um, that could be a co-foundership if mm-hmm. you're uh, you know, founding a company with a certain set of people. Anytime you renege yes. or you want to renege on something, mm. um, you know, that is your word. You're, you're literally putting your word <laughs> mm. on the line. Um, and so, 
uh, if you're going to do that, and if there's good reason to modify something, it should be dealt with humility um, and tact. Uh, because if it's not, then that's that's how you burn bridges. Correct. Right. Yeah, I agree. I fully agree with that. I think that what greed is, greed is the corro- what corrodes integrity. Um, mm. I think greed <laughs> is the opportunity to uh, take something that you didn't actually earn or that isn't deserved to you, but you're doing a grab, which means you have to burn somebody in the process. Yes. And your integrity now is corroded because you were willing to ignore uh, what was right and uh, what was truth uh, in the opportunity to get more for you. Um, you know, even as a, a, a business principle, something that Vance and I have always talked about is that we want everyone in our orbit to be blessed yes. because of us. That we don't have to get ahead at the expense of anyone. Exactly. But everyone is going to accelerate because mm. of us. That's awesome. Integrity is an everyone wins mentality. Yes. Positive Greed sign. is I win at the expense of everybody else. Mm. Okay. So good. And so that's so what, I, man, that's what we've actually seen a lot of these lot. days, especially when you go to different rounds. I don't know why this is a thing right now, but <laughs> there seems to be this, this definite push um, towards, you know, someone when you're taking early stage funding um, to try and clear the cap table. Right. To clear the cap table for the next round of funding. And and then there's all kinds of dodgy stuff that uh, starts to happen to try and clear a cap table, um, like even at the risk of making the company look not profitable, look like this is not going to work, this is going to wind up, but let le- let's get you out and give you an exit early, but then obviously secure funding straight afterwards. Well, that's unintegrous, right? And it's sad because it's kind of like that idea, right, where you forget where you came from. Correct. <laughs> you know? Yes. Like when, growing up, you kind of heard that, right? Hey, don't forget where you came from. Yeah. Right. And it's kind of like interesting where the people that were with you in the earliest stages, if we just keep this in the startup lens, right, you have a pre-seed, seed, series A, series B, blah, 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 right? And so people at the pre-seed, people yep. that are writing the first check, whether it's a 25K check, 100K check, um, before you even had a product. These yep. are people that believed in you when nobody else wanted to believe Correct. in you. Mm-hmm. And so when you're at a seed or series A and a big, bigger firm comes in or a bigger investor comes in and said, hey, who are these other little people on the cap table? Actually, you know what? I want more share of this company. I believe in you. Um, if you can clear them out, I'll release hmm. some funds. That's, That's how that, it goes, right? That's exactly mm-hmm. how it goes. Um, and then what's What's sad is that a founder will take that scenario and totally forget where they came from. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And then they'll 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 say, "Hey, um, you know, uh, you know, for the sake of the company, you know, we we want to try to get more funding, uh, but you know, we're gonna have to push you guys out to to do that." And I think what that does is it reveals the greed. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. It reveals that. Okay, we are just gonna take whatever is in front of us and totally forget and dishonor what came before us. Correct. Right. And why I say that's sad is because I mean, in the kingdom, uh, biblically speaking, we believe in the the currency of honor. <laughs> yeah. Right. To give honor where honor is due. Um, in the strictly business sense, there are people that believed in me. So if I talk about in the lens of overflow, there are people that believed in me in the earliest stages that I will never renege on mm. <laughs> because I um, appropriately value 
where they were at at that stage, right? Yes. And um, you can cut bait and you can burn bridges and you can think that, oh, on the other side, the grass is greener. But trust me, if that person is willing to collude with you to push others out, watch out. Correct. Right. <laughs> Just watch out. Watch is that out. the type of person that you want to work with? That's you know right. I mean, I mean <laughs> you're def- that's such a good point because, I mean, if if to secure that next round of funding, you have to do something in unethical yeah. to do it, that's the person you want to work with, someone who's pushing you to do something unethical from the first moment of that partnership. That's pretty scary. And if you're the person that's willing to do that, um, man, I'm just going to pray uh, just for your soul. Because honestly, I think that um, – and we see this in the church. This is hap- this happens oh, yeah. differently in the faith space. Let's jump from maybe business to faith where, uh, you know, the shortcut um, to ministry – uh, oh I can't goodness. even tell you yes. how many people that, you know, we've had on a pathway um, to develop and because the timeline didn't work for them, they're like, you know, what? I'm just going to go start my own church. And, wow. and unfortunately what that means for the kingdom is you get very unqualified people starting churches that ends up affecting and hurting and harming good, innocent people who believe in them in the early days, but these people don't have the background, the backbone, the integrity, the character to mm. actually go through the hard seasons. So they start something, they give up, and then you've got a whole group of disillusioned people. Mm. And so there's always a fallout effect, but because that person was actually not an integrous and maybe they had a gift, maybe they were charismatic, but it was undeveloped, and what was undeveloped was the character. Mm. And the reason they haven't been released is not because the overseeing pastor is just this hard mean pastor who doesn't see the potential in them but can see that the character hasn't developed yet um, and point in case they Mm -hmm. end up going and hurting a lot of people and really affecting people, uh, their perspective towards the church. Hmm. Yeah, character and integrity go hand in hand. I like that word texturing, the understanding of integrity because a lot of times I think you can think about integrity, oh, you know, uh, just don't steal, right? But no, no, it's actually how you treat people. (laughs) It's actually what your word and how much weight that has to yeah. it, right? It's how much you follow through yeah. and execute what you say you're going to execute. That's integrity. Yeah. That builds trust. That determines a character. Yes. I'd love to take in a new topic and just like spin it right here because we've been talking about integrity and everything. And I don't know if you've been following the SAG-AFTRA. It's been, there's been so many strikes this summer with a writer strike. I'm SAG-AFTRA. loosely aware of Okay. That. But when I say loosely, I still feel I can have something to say. Yeah, I think you both can. (laughs) I'm just interested from your perspective. I think a lot of people would be um, in one side just because AI is so connected to this um, and the advancement of an an industry, innovation, streaming, all that stuff and how it's impacting this industry and the people. So I'm just curious to see what you think about it because we're, we're talking about integrity and I love the definition that everybody wins or everybody advances, but there's this narrative that that's absolutely not happening in this industry. This like the strike hasn't happened in 60 years. Well, I think yeah. the bigger, the bigger conversation here is who owns what? Right. Yeah. Who owns likeness, likeness, yeah. create what you create. Yeah. Um, you know, who owns what, um, you know, okay. So let's take the industry, right? If you write a uh, story or yeah. you write a poem, you write a song, there is, there is uh, trademarks, there are royalties, there are all these things because you own that. Yep. Yep. And so there are payments that go to songwriters. There are payments that go to ghostwriters. There are all these things. But what if you're a photographer? Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
you know, you pay your wedding photographer mm-hmm. and for the service. For yeah. the service, they take a a photo, and we know that all fo- photographers are the same, right? There's different calibers. Sure. Yep. But say this one photographer, because you paid for that service, you own it. You can post them on your Instagram. Yep. You could put them in a little photo album for your friends. You can do whatever you want with those, but they're not getting royalties, right? Right. But every time you play a song, a songwriter gets royalties. So not everybody who creates is in an even playing field. Mm. Yeah. We've just had smart industry makers in those fields that have monetized yeah. uh, for creators. So we're talking about who owns, yeah. who's got the rights. And when it comes about AI, you know, do they own the right to duplicate your voice from here till eternity? Do yeah. they have the ability to take something that you did one time and then mirror that out millions of times and make millions of dollars on that one thing where maybe you just got a small check from? Right, right. So some context in the, I think in the 60s, they established the contract that they're still existing in for SAG-AFTRA where they um, earn on residuals. You know, yep. you remember you'd see like the Big Bang Theory just come on all the time, right? right? Or like Friends was always on so they'd earn these residual checks. So the same contract, that they are living with residuals is becoming, you know, obsolete because of the streaming. The industry has changed with streaming and digital and AI. Right. So how, I don't know, I'd just love to hear what you think about that. Like, because the industry's changed. And so how do you approach that with integrity? And is it a situation of greed? Because you're right, it's who owns it, but how do you come around that? In, in my opinion, this goes back to our, one of our, podcast that we talked about building rails mm-hmm. yeah whoever yes. builds the rails wins oh yeah and go. so yeah. what you've got is now you've got industries that are building rails built industries like apple itunes um streaming services yeah that okay. they're now going well every time we air this we don't want to pay a royalty to the person who did it 40 years ago yeah uh we just want to buy it up front so then we have the license to play it as much as we want and we own the rails mm-hmm. so therefore we're going to make money hand over fist now is that a matter of greed? Is that smart business? You know, I think, I think we're, we've, I don't know if we're talking about even the question is integrity or greed at this point. Yeah. I think it's about you positioning yourself Great. to go, am I going to be an individual contributor because I'm a creative or what kind of industry do I want to build? Yep. What kind of product do I want to build? Um, do I want to build a rails product or do I want to build the caboose that has to sit on somebody's rails for it to go somewhere? Hype merch, don't get mad. Get smarter. They get smarter. <laughs> like that. That and the tinfoil hat. We've got literally. They well, that's innovation, it. right? Yeah. You can get mad. You can get bitter. Yeah. Or you can get better. You can get better. So yeah. I, I love that because let's think about it. Um, what is the future of creatives? Yeah. Especially if what we see accelerating at breakneck speed is AI generated art, AI generated music, like the speed of creativity yeah. from what AI can do. You could. You can strike all you want. That's only going to speed up the process, exactly. to be frank. But the instrument in this case, okay, so I understand it with the photographer and I understand it with maybe the designer. Sure. But for the actor, it's it's literally your face and your voice. Like yes. you can't create a different face and voice. But they're acting. True, yeah. Right. And the writers as well. I mean, that's, you know, so that's how, that's their voice and those their words. Sure. So, yeah. But it, especially in, in my opinion, in the acting scene, you're putting, you're playing a character. So all you have is the way you use your voice, the accent you use or Literally. that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. So that's what you get. Now, if, you, if you're going, well, I did one movie and that's my, that's my thing forever, 
yeah, ain't going to cut it in the new world. Right. You have to keep creating. Right. So one of the, exactly, but if it, I think that one of the issues on the table uh, is, you know, the breakdown from variety shows that, that the, um, some of the contracts that they are asking them to sign is you'd get a full body scan, a full voice scan and everything as you come on to set so that you'd have less pay, less days to work. And that if they decide to dub it into other languages, et cetera, et cetera, you've already been paid your lump sum up front. We're now doing it through AI. So, well, that's fine. That happens anyway, right? So it's not like every actor speaks every language on earth. They, they multiply that movie into multiple languages as it is. I'm just, I yeah. just think that if, I'm, if actors are listening, sure, no. <laughs> I'd like to picture the audience that's yeah. listening yeah, uh, gotcha. before I trigger them. But um, <laughs> you, you could get really mad yeah. about this and you go on strike and hope that it changes and that policies come in that's going to prevent it. Guess what? With, the, with AI and the way that's moving and so many different industry changes and it's changed so much, you, your choice could be let me try and keep it the way it is or can I be on the cusp of yeah. exactly. or the forefront of what is going to change so I'm a leading in that. Yeah, and I, I think you. when it comes to creativity, you have to either believe you're limited in your creativity or you're unlimited in your creativity. Yep. Yeah. So I choose to believe I'm unlimited in my creativity. There you go. Yeah. So what the value of something I create right now is – I can't just rest on that as being the one thing that I create forever. Yeah. I've got to keep iterating and improving my creative ability so that I keep delivering better products than what I've done in the past. I can't have my best work. It's, it's in, we used to talk about this in the story of Vive Church. Actually, some of the vision of our church and the reason we keep planning campuses is we, after year one, we told our testimony so much about how we moved countries to start a church. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And it was so exciting. People were like, wow, you moved countries to start a church? That's crazy. But I told it so much, I literally had this thought, I hope this is not the only story I'm telling 10 years from now. Boom. Mm-hmm. I hope that every year I've got a new testimony of faith, a new testimony of stretching, a new testimony where the moving countries was just the lowest testimony. Wow. That we don't even tell that anymore because – Compared to what we've done since then, that looks small. If creatives have that mindset, yeah, that's that if great. I can keep doing bigger and better, I won't be whining about a sitcom that I shot 30 years ago sure. and not getting royalties for it because since then I've made master films. I've made blockbusters. I, I'm not worried about the little sitcom that I did. It, it's, it's what we've been talking about, right? You can either have a zero-sum mentality, right? <laughs> right, that, oh, there's only this much in the pie or you can have a positive sum mentality. Yes. You can say, hey, no, it's not a static pie. The pie is growing bigger and bigger. AI actually makes the pie phenomenally bigger. Yeah. And so I can either be fortified in my stance or I can try to understand and learn and contribute, right? And so I think that's actually a good measure marker for if you're an innovator or if you've stopped innovating. Whenever you're fortified in something, I'm not talking about, religion and morality. I'm talking about like business building, organization building, product, stuff like that. But whenever you find yourself fortified in a position, you're probably not innovating. That's true. (laughs) Anymore. You know what I mean? Um, It's kind of like that thing like, okay, boomer, right? Like, you know, my my wife's in Canada right now. She's spending some time with family and uh, Kim was telling me how she was talking to um, her grandma, who's who's very (laughs) old, but essentially uh, was illuminated to, to her that, oh, wow, like grandma uh, didn't really 
catch the wave of the internet in the past 10 years. Like was- Missed that boat. Because, wow. you know, uh, I got Kim a rental. It was like um, a, a Tesla three or something like that. And like grandma was like so fascinated that wow. the internet was on the screen. And, you know, it was just kind of like, and, and that's an extreme example and she's grandma and that's fine. But if you are in your 30s, in your 40s, and you're fortified, yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. you stopped innovating. That's true. Yes. Right? Maybe you haven't embraced, man, how we can actually maybe leverage this technology yeah. um, to advance yeah. uh, you know, in society. That's really great. I think we, we talk about innovation so much. Uh, should I read your question, Arun? Okay. Producer Arun. Producer Arun has a question. Let's go. Um, he'd love for us. We how, need to get him we, a microphone. How do we phrase this question? Um, can we tie this into virtual reality space and AI bots that we can't distinguish if they are real or not? So you brought it up. So Christopher Nolan, you know, doing press tour, and he yeah. talked about this idea that there's a limit to you know the reality that AI creates right. because creatives are like we're endlessly creative. Yes. Um, but there's this virtual reality space where there is a limit to you know what you can see. So is there a space now where, you know, you have GPT bots that are- You do. Speaks down just like humans, where we need to have these guardrails and where the government says you have to say if you are human or you're not human. Yeah. Do you think that's possible or do you think you just, you know, kind of let it play out? Oh, wow. There's gaming. Good question. This is a big plus for, right, where you don't need humans and you can have computers that are just as good as humans and act like humans. You can fully populate a game that you play. Yeah, I'm so excited for the day that we get your microphone. I was gonna I say, really, I really am. Um, that'll be great. But you know, I think that's a good a good question you bring up. Is do we need to? Uh, because technology is getting so stinking good. It's not like where you watch back a film and you go, "Oh, remember yeah. when we used to think that CGI was awesome and it's like really blocky and terrible?" Yeah, um, totally. You know, uh, yeah. I remember watching a, a show growing up. I don't know if you got this in America. It was called Fraggle Rock. Yeah. You did get that here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's well, right. I'm Everyone else is too older. young. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Why did I agree so fast? But I saw an episode on YouTube <laughs> and, you know, you just go down nostalgia and I'm like, yeah. oh, that is so it's bad. bad. It's really bad. How, how as a kid did I think that was real? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? And yeah. it's just like. Well, Wait, you, you thought it was right. real. Sorry. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Personal that. attack. Sorry. You know, I was five. <laughs> um, Sorry. Okay, Everything's real AI. when you're five. <laughs> so, Katrina was 15. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Not all of us are your age. I'm so sorry. Um, you know, um, so, <laughs> that's so rude. Um, yeah, at five, I was a believer. Okay, I'm a believer, folks. Okay, I'm not a skeptic. I'm an optimist. I believe in things. And anyway, uh, the, to, to Arun's question, I, I definitely, I do think, yeah, there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, this is a paid advertisement or hey, this is AI generated. Um, you know, I think that that is probably a really great uh, policy that builds some guardrails into the way that we should move forward in the future. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely a proponent for transparency. And yeah. if, if the industry can have transparency to say, hey, guess what? This is a um, old style camera and real actor mm. Mm -hmm. maybe that becomes a more desirable product. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's like that's luxury cool. brand. So yeah, both can win. If you, totally. If you, so, you know, all the people who love Marvel and, and that kind of trashy stuff, they can trashy. go and watch <laughs> AI-generated stuff all day long and they won't care. Yeah. But people who like real movies, like James Bond, will actually go, <laughs> I want to go to a, I want to watch a movie that was made by a human. Yeah. And that's fine. You just become... A, a niche, you know, there's niche in the market. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think so as well. I mean, gen- generally, I'm excited. I think AI also in the area of entertainment, gaming, things like that, a lot more things. Let's just even talk about movies. Yeah. Uh, become, you know, consumer single player mode to maybe even multiplayer mode. Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Where there is just so much opportunity and I don't know how it's going to manifest or effectuate in, in actuality, but there's a lot of smart people out there, a lot of creative people out there with unlimited, they, they can tap into unlimited creativity um, and take, you know, the thing is we would all be bored if the peak humanity was what the movie theater was 10 years ago. Yes. <laughs> That's true. You know what I mean? Like, and then, true. and then, you know, oh, so it's better now that we, we can just have the same similar experience in our home. Like, is that peak humanity? No, like there's probably other cool ways we can consume and connect and, you know, um, experience things. Yeah, totally. I mean, humans are so smart. Humans, there's so many smart humans. Um, you know, you think about the, the issue for the creatives. Well, I mean, the people who are building AI are also creatives. Yeah, and that's so a good point. they're just building a new iteration on an old system. Yeah, and so I mean, I just I'm such a believer in in humans and humanity. The uh, I was listening to something the other day, and it was hilarious how uh, the the podcast. I won't say the podcast, but they were asking this guy who is um, he really believes in intelligent design. So this is great. Uh, the opposite to Big Bang Theory, you know, randomness. evolution, yeah. randomness, uh, that there is a God, there's a creator mm. with intelligent design. And uh, the question was, are humans central in the universe? And, well, the answer was like, well, yeah, of, of course. And uh, because there's nothing like humans. And the argument was, but what about apes? You know, primates, you know, they're, they're really smart. There's actually some primates that can solve puzzles quicker than humans okay <laughs> maybe in pattern recognition but are we what if what have apes designed in technology and innovation and electricity and right. atoms and yeah. discoveries like come on we're not even that's the example that makes <laughs> apes maybe as the central come on so i just i don't know i just think we're gonna get back to reasonableness and go hey humanity is the win here yeah yeah pro-human we we want to show you something because this might might be a counter to the, to the thing. Oh, okay. A Hold counter on. perspective. Um, is this a test? Like, does, no, it's can not I, If I can tell if it's AI or human made. It's not at is all, that what this but is? it is that it is I feel trending. like I'm being set up. It's a little bit of a setup. And yeah. if it doesn't work for the episode, we'll cut it out. It's no problem. We just want to get both of your reactions to something that is trending. Oh, okay. Um, which is the, which is the, do, do you have the link with you real quick? Okay. Here, I, have I think one. I saw this. Okay. So there's a trend right now called... Um, NPCs. Yes. Did I show it to you yet? No, but okay. I saw I saw something where Matthew McConaughey was crying, watching it. Oh. It was like a Matthew McConaughey reaction. Did you send me the link? It took a a, f- a part of a Here. Matthew McConaughey film. Here, just come over. Is this Japanese? <laughs> uh, is this another language? So this is a trend. This is a um, NPC standing for um, non-playable Player. character yeah. in a video game. And so this is a trend right now happening on um, streaming platforms uh, where um, you would give like a Twitch gift. or what? A TikTok. Okay. And you would give a <clears throat> gift to the person and that gift gets a reaction. 
And this gal specifically, she's, I forget what her name is, something gal. Anyway, she's right now known as the NPC gal. And she's earning up to $200,000 a month just doing this. So What is she doing though? Literally call and response to the GIF. So if you send her a GIF, and she's just acting in character, in this character. This is not innovation. I saw this at Venice, <laughs> at Venice Beach. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> they just, they take, a, they take in money not through Venmo. It's just in a hat. Uh, sorry, we just, we were like, this might be a good segue just because this is trending so much. Yeah. That maybe there are. That was weird. It might be, it might, maybe humans are smart and are able to make $200,000. I mean, there she's is. Wait, she made 200K? In a month. That's like what she's making. It's only because like she's the one that's trending, right? There's a few people. Yeah. This, people are just giving money to people. She's just the people. one who's, yes. Oh, so, so is this they, online panhandling or something or what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're doing it. Yeah, it's I like, guess hey, so. like, hey, like, I mean, is it, yeah. dance for me. Like, is hustle, that, hustle mode. Okay, so yeah. let's, let's talk about who the stupid part of this <laughs> thing is. It's the people paying. Exactly, yeah. we're enabling so, this. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> if people are stupid enough to pay for that, then good for them to make money off it. A lot of people make money off stupid stuff. Um, and so we can't be mad at the creator. Okay, You're going to awesome. be mad at the, the consumer. Enabler. The, yeah. the consumer. The consumer yeah. is the one who's enabling it. Yeah. Now, if there's a demand in the market for this, and $200,000 is probably a lot of that is parents' money that the kids are spending that they don't even know that is being spent from their account. To- okay? <laughs> totally. And so, you know, it's not costing the kid anything. They just got access to the parents' yeah. account and probably the bills. Like, you know, why did I spend 500 bucks on a yeah. – uh, what was that? And, you know, this person. So it's like, yeah, it's panhandling. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I feel like uh, the, these it's are kind fad. of – Yeah, these are kind of flash-in-the-pan fad type of situations. If you're looking at this, you know, like, oh, my goodness, she made $200,000 in a couple of days. I wouldn't – bet your career on this <laughs> <laughs> like i wouldn't go on uh what is it called np yeah could be a NPC no no what's gen? it called npc stream. npc Streams, i wouldn't call it yeah. npc stream school i wouldn't go bet my career on this yeah. pathway because yes. um i do think i do think that these type of things are actually zero-sum games I do think that there, what do you mean is, by that? there is a pot of money out there mm-hmm. that is frivolous money that people are willing to just throw dollars at. I actually think that um, is not a, an ever-growing pie, right? I don't think that um, frivolity is a, a pie that I would bet that is expanding, right? As people get more educated, um, as people start understanding, I, I don't think that I would bet my career on that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, it was fun to to try and figure out. I love a little, you know, what the heck is this moment? Yeah, we just um, we thought we'd try something new and put it in front of you guys. But this is, yeah. As a kingdom builder, you want to get on the mic? Do you have a duty to kind of stop this? I have a duty to stop this. Yeah, if you're building a platform as a kingdom builder, I see. Or do you let it go because it's generating? Is, is one of our kingdom builders building it? <laughs> yeah, are you letting us in on something? <laughs> Arun is like, I may or may not know asking, the guy who built this feature friend. at TikTok. He may or might not sit next to me at yeah. live. 
<laughs> okay, so um, I, let me can we clarify the question? You're you're saying as a leader, if, if I'm running TikTok, yeah. I don't I don't think that's immoral. Well, one, I wouldn't run <laughs> TikTok. So let's get a more realistic picture. Yeah, let's let's yeah. let's get a producer mic like in here, right real on. time. Share it with me too. Yeah. That's a real time addition to this is. Amazing. This is called innovation, guys. This is Danielle, by the way. Uh, Danielle's who, liking this pod. I've heard. I've seen a bunch of head nods from her. That's your mic. And a bunch of disagreements. Check one, two, check one, two. There, yeah, we, there go. we go. Whoa. All right. So ask the question again. Yeah. So if you were running TikTok and you had people starting these NPC streams. As a kingdom builder, would you want to shut this down or do you accept the revenue as it is? <laughs> oh, so if it's my company. Yeah, your company. And revenue is coming in. Yeah. From, from this. So you're asking if I see a moral issue asking with this. Asking if you're Twitter or threads. Um, I don't know if I watched enough of it to understand the morality issue. But um, the idea that maybe you're protecting one side, right? So it's the side of the, the kids that are maybe paying all this money to this person that's Maybe. Oh, okay. So this goes to the argument of TikTok, right? Is China dumbing America? Um, because apparently I heard, you know, that, you know, TikTok in China is more educated mathematics, you know, engineering, streams, that kind of stuff. But in America, it's all this kind of garbage. It's pretty much dancing and all that, you know, just mindless numbing thing. And is this a, this is that tinfoil moment, is China trying to dumb down American youth, that kind of stuff? I think regardless of TikTok, uh, we will be as dumb as we want to be anyway. <laughs> I think, do you remember Mad Comics? Yeah. Oh, I need to stop yes. agreeing. I, <laughs> need, guys, a, I guys, need to stop agreeing. You guys don't need to go that far <laughs> don't back. Ask those Jersey, Jersey Shore, guys. Jersey, Jersey Shore, Shore, okay. <laughs> Every generation has a Mad Comic, okay? Mad Comic was literally the most useless comic. Uh, what do you call a comic? It's like a little, people don't even know what comics are probably today, but you know, it's a comic book, right? And then you'd buy the comic book at the corner store. And it would just be this ridiculous nonsense of kid comedy. And every parent was like, you're not buying that trash. And you're like, but I just want to read it. It's so funny. Um, every generation has a version of it. Yep. This generation is just way more technical than a printed comic book back from Katrina's generation. Um, <laughs> you know, and so this is literally a mad comic right in front of us um, that, you know, is just stupid. So, so I don't think we need to say that China is corrupting uh, American youth minds, I think we'll do it regardless because it's entertainment. Yeah. It's in the I, entertainment. I do think That's it could point. serve as motivation. If people think this is super frivolous and dumbing down people and things like that, then create something better. Yeah. That's a good Create response. something better that enriches people's lives that have the same dopamine mechanisms that we can learn from TikTok and Instagram and these type of things. They've figured something out and how human beings operate with their devices. So can we just shortcut that process because they figured that out, take those best practices and actually build something that is enriching yeah. to people's lives um, that has the same addictive type mechanisms? I think I the, the, the real attraction of that platform to me, just from the hot 13 seconds that we watched it seems to be that somebody can get noticed that they can wow. get this npc yeah. to literally notice them call them out get a shout out and oh see they they re reacted to my uh input or whatever it was and i think it's a there is so many the the sadness behind it is that there's a lot of people that just need some validation and that's probably where they've monetized that. That's why we believe in the church. We believe in the church. If you want to be seen, you want to be recognized, join a church. Yeah. yeah. God loves you. God sees you. You can get a hug. Um, and uh, that's the power of community. You don't have to, you don't have to 
have a monetization aspect to it, which actually is my other trigger. People are going to monetize anything. Yeah. People are hustling out here. This yes. is actually a, a really great example of just, I've just seen hustle culture go to new sophisticated levels. I don't know if you guys are seeing this, but if I see one more mastermind, <laughs> yeah. if I see one more coaching network. <laughs> great segue. Good, good. <laughs> From oh, people. I'm applauding. <laughs> yeah. I'm applauding. That, I'm so why are you coaching? Like, you know, like just, man, everybody has a grift. Everybody has a hustle. Everybody is monetizing. Yes. And I actually don't have a problem with the, 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 the idea of monetizing. Yes, people need to make a living. People need to, to make money, provide for their families. I'm a business person. I'm, I'm all about it. I guess my problem is, is that a lot of these things remind me of University of Phoenix, <laughs> okay, so so University of Phoenix bought all these ads, yes. these commercials, and you know, beautiful campus and these programs, and they had literally like Stanford-like prices. Okay, yep. like like actual legit universities, they would have those similar prices allure you in. But here's the reality: and if you went to University of Phoenix, I'm sorry, I'm not here to trigger you, but on average, maybe you made it out, maybe you're like the the the, the one. That, that, you know, skate velocity, but on average, okay, you're not getting a better job because you went to University of Phoenix. Nope. You're just not. And so you, you're, you're going into six figures of debt and you're not actually increasing your opportunity for upward mobility. That's my problem. Mm -hmm. When that type of thing happens and there's a lot of dollars being spent to advertise that and people knowing well that you're not going to get ahead because you joined their program... That to me is actually a little bit disintegrous. Why do you think uh, there is such a push? Because you, you're right. And I, I was applauding it because I'm seeing it everywhere. Everywhere. Church-based, non-church-based. Yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy. Uh, I, I think I'm seeing it more in the church space than ever before <laughs> than ever in before. history. <laughs> where instead of saying, hey, like here is some content. It's like, hey, sign up and subscribe and be, you know, <laughs> let me mentor you or mm. let me coach you. Yeah. Um, what happened to like, hey, let's hang. Right. Or, no, no, no. Hey, let's hang. Can you register to hang out with me? Right, right. But I think <laughs> like what? What is? You, what do you think is at the core of your issue with it? Value. Okay. Value. Yeah. So, value so, so, so we we do things. We run conferences, um, and we're going to continue to do that. We're yeah. going to do gatherings. We're going to bring people together. And there's inherent cost to doing yep. that. I get it. I, the money aspect is not the issue for me. It's the um, appropriation of the value. Mm. And mm. so I just saw this thing. Somebody uh, brought it to my attention, this Instagram influencer. She has this mastermind in Southern California to join the mastermind, which is just um, a once a month Zoom. And then you get to kind of meet and greet her once a year or whatever. It's $25,000. $25,000? And somebody was submitting to me asking, oh hey, should I join this? And this person I could tell was very impressionable. And I, in love, I was like, hey, like I would really um, just not <laughs> right. wow. do that because I know you probably don't have the $25,000. you are probably going to put this on your credit card. Um, and here's the thing. What are you looking to accomplish? Because I know this is person's a business person. She wants to get ahead in business and all that type of stuff. Like what are you looking to accomplish? You don't need somebody that has a lot of followers on Instagram to quote unquote spend time with you and 150 other people on Zoom right. for you to accomplish what you want to accomplish in business. I think people think it's like a shortcut to like yeah. a seven yes. figure business. Sure. It's like there's no shortcuts to seven figure business. Yeah. Right. You can't pay somebody 25K and all of a sudden create a seven figure business. That's not, 
That's not how it works. So, so you're looking at value add, value, value proposition. Add. Value proposition. Um, because, I mean, let's, let's get, make it straight. You and I definitely believe in, uh, you know, alignment, investing in your yes. future and your growth, uh, maybe mentorship in a season. 100%. If there is a clear value add. Exactly. A v- clear value proposition. And I think what we've talked about in the past, most of our issue, especially when we see this in the church space, is it's using either relational equity there you go. to monetize, they're monetizing a relational equity, yeah. Yeah. a relationship that you thought was a relationship, um, or they're using their influence, but it's not necessarily value for money. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Like the, the, the price doesn't mm-hmm. equate to what you're receiving, right? And so if we're going to yeah. make a transaction, cool, let's make a transaction. Mm-hmm. But let's yeah, because not everything is free. Not everything's free. Because mm-hmm. it's time, it's investment, there's cost. Exactly. But can you make sure that the value appropriates not your fame? Uh, just it. because yeah. your name and your fame decides that, oh, well, then I can charge and, and, whatever and, I want. And that's the arbitrage in an Instagram generation, right? right? The arbitrage is, and honestly, and everybody knows this, honestly, most people have fake followers yeah. on Instagram. But right. the arbitrage is this, is that um, you can just put, any price you want sure. on my level of quote unquote fame. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just not transparent. And that doesn't actually generally get to the heart of what you'll likely receive from this. And so, um, am I like against the actual model of coaching network and masterminds? No, but I guess my critique to it would be, Hey, can we all just be real about yeah. what Good. the actual yeah. value exchange is going to be? And, um, appropriate that correctly. So we're not taking advantage of young and impressionable people that will give their life savings because they think this is going to give them a leg up. Right. Or because they think they're going to get a selfie with you. Right. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think that's that's <clears throat> that's the thing. Because I'm a huge fan actually of uh, coaching networks. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, sometimes there is got to be a transaction yeah. to actually... Value time. And, yeah, that, yeah, totally. That, you know, I could probably... I've been in circles where I get stuff for free. And then I've been in circles where I've paid for it. Yes. And because I've paid for it, I've actually got a higher caliber of intentionality to it. That's right. Not just a, hey, let me just give you something off the top. It's it's allowed me to ask questions. It's mm-hmm. allowed me to go deeper. It's allowed me to get insight. And it's a transaction. Yep. So there is a different expectation on it. So I And I know you're a fan of that as well. Yes. Um, I think where I've seen it now go in the church, play, church space and platforms is where we would hang out and it starts like this. Hey, I'd love you to come and hang out. Um, it's going to cost this much. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm. Hang on. We, we, I thought we'd just hang out. I thought we were already on that level and now I'm going to pay this amount of money to, to come. Oh, here's, a, here's another real-time example, okay? So this has happened like three times now in the past month, right, where somebody will say, oh, hey, Vance, um, would love for you to speak at our conference, Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, oh, great, cool. Like, what's the topic? How can I serve? Blah, blah. And then they'll weave it into, and then I'll get the email. Um, oh, can you sponsor blah, blah, blah through Overflow, right. right? Here's the thing. Just ask me to sponsor. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't dangle like, because I don't. Why do you think we do that? Why do you think right. that that happens? Because it mm. happens all the time to the point where you're now like, well, what, what are you really asking? What are you asking? Yeah. What, what's the problem with just being upfront? People are not Australian. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah. I, I guess it's so, it's, yes. it's become such a pet peeve of mine that 
hey, can we just like speak directly to because cut to it? A- actually, if you asked me to sponsor your conference, and you told me, you know, what you guys are trying to do and if it fits in with overflow in our marketing budget, mm-hmm. like probably I would love to. Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But it's a bad taste in the mouth when you're like bait, bait and switch. Bait and switch. Bait and switch yeah. Um, so why do people bait and switch? I don't know. Let me ask my lead pastor. I don't know. Why do <laughs> humans bait and switch? <laughs> I think we just uh, aren't confident. Um, maybe we're just trying to avoid the no. Maybe it's just mm. built into a rhythm that we've learned now um, in the industry uh, where we're trying to use the relational aspect as equity um, yeah. to get somebody to do something. Mm. Um, I, don't, I don't know. I think it's definitely um, not something I'm a big fan of. Yeah. I definitely just like the straight up, hey, we'd love you to do this. Would you, would you be in? Yeah. Um, and then if they say no, be like, cool, do you want to just come and participate then, you You know, whatever. Um, I think for me now this has been several occasions over the last uh, 12 months where um, I I definitely thought we were were just had a friendship at at a level and then it was uh, presented to me, man, I'd love you to be here. Um, I just think this would be perfect for for your stage, um, but it's going to cost this. Yeah. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. no, I don't agree that you think I'd be perfect for it, but you, you do see that I could pay some money. Um, you know what I mean? So I'd just rather, I'd just rather them come clean and say, hey, I'm trying to make some money. Yeah. Um, and I've got this thing. It's going to cost this. Are you interested? Don't go down the whole soft talk of, hey, we're friends and I just see you as an influential voice in America right now and blah, blah, blah. Don't do if we, all if the we butter take, up. If we take the butter up and if we take the, the butter chicken, um, if we take the butter chicken off yeah. <laughs> and if we take the, uh, the spiritual talk yeah. off, yeah. actually what's good about this is that you can then be intellectually honest about the value exchange. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you true. can actually get down to the brass tacks of cool, like m- actually make it a win win. Yeah. <laughs> because when you dig on that, they don't know the value add. And that's, that's the problem. And that's, that's the, the problem. That's the problem. Correct. Yeah. So every time it's like, cool, so what are we going to do? And it's just like, oh, you know, we're just going to be in a room and we're just going <laughs> to think it's like, <laughs> we're going to be you, in a room. And you want to charge X dollars yeah. Yeah. for me to be in a room <laughs> when we've been in rooms before. It's, it's yeah. like, uh, are you hard pressed for money? Is right. that what it is? Wow. Like, do you, do you need to? And I think what it comes down to is it's that old pyramid selling scheme, but yeah. in a new way. It is. It's yeah. the AM way. It's the mega trend. It's mm-hmm. those it's those pyramid selling schemes where you have to, anytime you have to leverage your relationships to get ahead, that's a pyramid selling scheme. Mm-hmm. So you are now actually building your wealth off your relationships. That tells me you value money more than your relationships. Mm. And relational equity has to be way more valuable in your life than a monetary equity. But I'm a marketing ambassador, though. <laughs> oh my God. I think it's going to be such a helpful episode. It's We're helping much, people. Yeah. I think We're helping people. To you making know? integrity cool and defining that from cool. every um, level. Um, I should say this, if you have questions, we went through a lot of different topics and we threw it every which way, but, um, if you have questions, you can email Arun actually at podcast at hypenetwork.org. I'll get you an email actually. Can it be butter chicken? Butter can chicken at hypenetwork.org. We, Arun at butter Yes. But we, um, I just want to make sure everyone knows I am happy today, even though I feel <laughs> like I came across. You came in hot. 
pretty mad. Um, I'm not. You came in hot against all the climate activists. Yeah, I did. I I love you. And it's really nice out today. too. It's a beautiful day. That's why it's hard to believe um, (laughs) that the climate is doomed. I I honestly am. I'm having a great day. I really am. God's in control. Great meetings. God's in control. God is sovereign. Uh, Yes, He's seated on the throne. I'm a happy guy. I'll be honest with you. I just want (laughs) to. preface that or post preface that it's good i don't know if people listen to this moment i was gonna say i'll take this and put this in the cold (laughs) opening so that it prefaces the the podcast of like oh he's happy adam is happy (laughs) (laughs) so good hey katrina here again so if you made it to the end Thank you and congratulations. This Hype Network podcast is brought to you by Vest Fund, and we recorded this episode at Overflow Studios in Mountain View, California. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, leave us a great rating, and you can subscribe wherever you stream your audio content. If you want more information on the Hype Network, you want to get on our email list, or you want to learn more about membership, you can go to hypenetwork.org. 